Welcome to the third episode of the Apprentice Window Cleaner. I'm here with um, Tom, who is a window cleaner, and he's already told me that he favours traditional, so we'll see where that goes. Um, but Tom, I'm just going to hand it over to you just to introduce yourself, um, a little bit about your background and um, who you are and what your business is. Perfect. So my name's Tom Navarro and I run TN Exterior Property Cleaning. We are based in Watton, Norfolk. Uh, firstly, I will slightly say that I don't necessarily favour traditional, um, okay. but we've built up um, a business from the ground up predominantly on traditional, um, just due to the nature of the area that we're in, the competition that we had and predominantly my funds at the time. Um, so that's kind of how we've built up our business and created a niche obviously there's loads of window cleaners all around the country in different counties and areas etc um and the majority of those do warfare poles so i think we've created a little bit of a niche where people still want traditional cleans obviously we do still use purified water we have trolley systems etc for windows above conservatories um french panes anything like that georgian windows we will always do with the warfare pole purely because of time if the customer wants it done traditionally that's fine if they're willing to pay for it then we're willing to do it but only on stipulation that it's paid for it really um my business now has been established for we'll be up to three years come this summer uh, there's currently three of us now that work in the business and so myself i've got a colleague ben who works for me and then i've got an admin briny who works part-time for me okay and uh yeah we're sort of covering we've got about 400 regular customers at the moment um, and then also do a lot of one-off work. So the way we sort of structured the business is that the guy who works for me, he, 37 and a half hours a week, yeah. cleaning windows, just boom, 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 cleaning windows yeah. for the regular customers. And he covers the majority of that throughout his sort of working. And then with me, I take on more of the one-off job. So we do anything from window cleaning, obviously the bread and butter of the business. Uh, we do roof cleaning as well. We do pressure washing, uh, we do soft washing, etc. So there's a lot more sort of pockets of business there that I tend to look after myself. Um, so that sort of fills up my my week, and I sort of work I work around three and a half days a week on the tools, so to speak. Yeah. And then the other sort of day and a half is booked up with quotes, um, paperwork, so procedures, staff training, anything like that. Going out, I mean, the customers, or just generally having a bit of time off. In all honesty, because I think everyone got into this business to have a say a bit more of a relaxed life but i think people got fed up of working for people or wanted to be their own boss and sort of the perk of that to a certain extent is being able to work the hours that you want so that kind of takes that little bit of pocket there and i get to spend time with my family which is quite important to me really yeah okay i've got so many questions from <laughs> what you've just said um led led on to um about 50 questions i think um from a process and fast enough so the first question i've got is 80 percent of your business is what uh, is traditional yes is there, is there benefits so is it is it is that down to the customers or do you think that's down to um the quality being better predominantly customer led when i first started out um there was a lot more emphasis on me to bring in a wage into the family. So if it was a case of um, a customer wanting traditional, 
it would be done traditional because they wanted it that way. But like I stipulated, it always be done to a price and I'll make the customer aware of that. So, you know, Mrs. James says, oh, you know, I had one of them blokes with a brush on the end of the pole and there's smears and everything like that. Well, for a start, that's quite hard then to turn that customer around. Yeah. So I try a little bit. I say, you know, well, Mrs. James, that's probably because the water wasn't purified correctly or, you know, they, they were using in, inadequate equipment. Whereas, you know, that's, that's sometimes quite hard to turn around. If they turn around, happy days. You know, we're loving life. If yeah. not, they're like, no, I still want it done traditionally. Da, 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 da. Okay, okay, not a problem at all, madam. I can quote that traditionally. It will be £20, let's say, for a choice. Or traditionally. Yeah, 100%. A, technically, it's, I suppose it's a harder job in the sense that A, it's obviously more dangerous being on a ladder. Yeah. If not done correctly. But I mean, to be honest, I've never had. As long as you use a ladder safely, you should never fall from it. If you're a knob and you don't use it properly, then, you know, something's going to happen. But it's the same with anything. If you don't drive a car safely, something's going to happen. So, you know, the whole using ladders is dangerous. Yes, in the wrong scenario it is. In the right scenario, it's totally fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll always charge more, though, because it's, it takes longer as well. That's the main thing. Definitely, you know? yeah. Um, it takes longer. The times of time is accountable for a price, so it will cost more. I mean, I can think off the top of my head where a woman she was charging, she was charging about fifteen pounds with the waterfed pole, and I scored the job twenty pounds. And once you get over the first couple of cleans, all right, you're not as quick, but you're earning more money. So you know you can do Valid. you can do however many houses with the waterfed pole in an hour or in a day, and then X amount, or you could do half the amount but for more money traditionally and still learn the same on a very rare case scenario and i'm not i want to be careful that i'm not bashing anyone with waterfed because if i could base our business around that and make it sustainable and perfect and be happy i would but with everything there's always going to be problems with purifying water or you know something we're in a high area i think our tactic yes last time we measured it was 380 so it's obviously really high so it's a lot of then equipment and costs that go involved into doing that currently the water we buy i buy the water at the moment um from an aquatic shop that purify it down for me um it is expensive but it's just needs must at the moment but it works in our favor but we use quite a minimal amount per week really for what we actually use it for okay and at the risk of stereotyping our customers is there a certain customer profile that prefer traditional or prefer waterfed pole or is it just a total range i think i would generally say sometimes it's the older generation because of what they're used to um in the same sense that you know your nan would probably prefer to shop at a butcher's than tesco's 100%. but at the same time they're also quite easily turned around you know little old doris isn't one who want you want you going up on the ladder and potentially hurting yourself so i think it's all very much down to the individual and how they can educate the customer yeah, on that if that makes sense 100 percent, 100 percent. um at the same time we've had um i've had sometimes people that are younger and they turn around and you know they've got a small little 
two bed semi detached, you know, with a water fed pole on a regular clean, you're talking 15 minutes. Yeah. And you're charging them 15 pounds, say, and then they turn around and go, well, hang on a second, mate. You've got to be working at how much an hour? And it's like, so it swings and roundabouts really. With it. And, and you can't really turn around and go, well, I've got insurance. This pole costs, you know, X amount. Um, I've got a travel, there's petrol, there's... I think there is to a certain extent. I always explain to the customer, you know, okay, yes, that, you know, if you times that, that amount per the hour that is that, but also within the price that you get for that service, you get a text reminder the day before to let you know that we're coming. Yeah. Everything is cleaned on site. We use purified water. You can rest assured that we're covered with five million pounds public liability insurance. Our staff have been trained in the best way that they can and they've been DBS checked or et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. then when you turn it on that way and they go, oh, well, actually, yeah, you know, oh, yeah, that's fine. You know, nothing's going to happen or if anything did happen, these guys are really legit. But again, that's down to perception and how you look at the customer and how you talk to them. And you know, there's so much on that. <laughs> there's like, yeah. That's a completely other, you know, customer perception and how you make yourself look to the customer is you know, a totally other game changing story, really. Yeah, 100%. Um, going back to what you said on your introduction, um, and it's a little bit of a which came first, the chicken or the egg. Was it the admin support that you brought into your business to help you first, or was it an, um, your window cleaner that you brought in? Uh, so the window cleaner came in first. Um, basically, quite a simple model. Um, you fill yourself up with work until you can't do anymore. Yeah. And then I brought Ben in, who then in turn worked alongside me for three months, who trained. So at that point then, when there's two of you working together, you obviously get through the work a lot quicker. So you yeah. finish it in a shorter day. So then after a little bit of time, Ben was then allowed out on his own to do jobs with a few customers. We've got a few customers on there are family members or you know, really good friends. So he'd be getting picked out on them first, make sure that the work was up to a good standard. Um, and then customers that I know I've had from day one that would always tell me if there was a problem, but not, you know, be like, oh, you know, Ben come around to do the windows today. He did miss this one. It's not the end of the world, but just wanted to let you know. And you'd be like, relationship. Yeah, yeah. absolutely no problems. I'll get around and sort that out for you later on. Thank you for letting me know. So what we done was split my work then. So Ben took some of it. I still done it. I still worked alongside him at the same time. And then what that allowed me to do then was free up my time to then go out and canvas doing a mixture of knocking doors leaflet drops sticking leaflets in local newspapers uh, local news agents etc etc we've got quite a few small little villages around us that have shops in and stuff so that allowed us to be able to do that and then basically he then slowly took over my work the new work that we were developing and building i then took on and then we've now sort of transitioned ourselves to a balance where he basically has a full amount of work all the time. So when I took someone on, obviously the main worry is that you don't have enough work to pay them. So yeah, obviously make sure he has enough work. That's rule number one. I'm fortunate enough to an extent that my partner works in a job where if I didn't draw any money out of the business, we would still have a house to live in. We'd have to be able to power rent, we'd be able to power bills and everything like that. We'd have bugger all afterwards, but the main things are covered, which then allowed me to then branch off and secure more of this different work. So like I was saying, we're now 
invested in pressure washing equipment, so we do that. We'll do roof cleaning, etc. So that's that allowed my role to be more diverse. Originally, the plan this year was to then utilize my admin, also does a lot of my marketing for me. So she works four days a week. Yeah. Two of those, she's out over knocking doors or delivering leaflets. Amazing. Eight hours a day. So we're constantly getting out leaflets. So we're going through about 4,000 leaflets a month. Yep. Um, so that allows us to be able to do that. Obviously, with everything that's going on with COVID-19, it's a little bit tentative at the moment. So we're sort of slow down on that a little bit. But I'm hoping that we can just sort of pick that up again. And then I'll basically, we'll just start getting more and more work coming in as we're now sort of starting to see over the last few weeks. And then that might allow me come sort of middle of summer to take on potentially a part-time um, part-time guy who probably will just work alongside either Ben or myself in the van, um, maybe like 16 hours a week or something like that, just to, just to top up the round. So I'm thinking maybe like a Thursday, Friday and Saturday, um, maybe get like a, <clears throat> a sort of youngish lad just to come in and boost the numbers up a little bit every day yeah. and go along there. And then next year we'll look at again at reinvesting, reinvesting in another van and then going from there. Okay. Um, so that's kind of the thing. And yeah, with the admin, I brought her on predominantly. She's actually my sister-in-law. Um, and she was at a bit of a sort of crossroads with what she wanted to do with work and the place she was working at at the moment. Um, and we sort of just put a proposal together and said, look, I can offer you, you know, the hours that you want for around school and stuff like that. And um, this is what we're looking for. And she was more than happy at the opportunity. Um, and it's worked out really well so far. Um, can't fault it, you know, we're still getting regular leaflets going out. It's freed up my time personally because what was happening was I'd sort of finish work at five o'clock, go and pick up my son. Then it's like come home, cook dinner, get everything ready, all that yeah. sort of stuff. Yeah. And um, then once he goes to bed at sort of seven, half seven at night, it's then right, I've got to send invoices now. In that time, I've also got to remember to message I'm doing the customers. That now. Yeah. yeah, and it was just like, it's just mental. Um, so just by being able to, do that was allowed me to be able to take a step back and actually look at the more important things in the business you know ultimately we run software and stuff like that so anyone can send an invoice i shouldn't have to spend 35 minutes of my time in an evening doing that um i should be able to spend 35 minutes looking at developing the website or stuff that is a bit more interesting to me you know so there that was kind of the main all the ultimate squeegee <laughs> yeah, yeah that's it. it's so addictive. There's so much equipment, isn't there? There's so many. Oh no! The elements, the window cleaning, not just the equipment, is a huge part. But everything that you're mentioning now, they're just it's there's so there's so many elements that I. That's it, and I think the thing is, some people look at it and go, "Oh no, it's you just a window cleaner." Like, well, no, I'm a business owner. There's a total difference. I'm yeah. a business owner of a window cleaning business, but. With every business, there's like payroll and staff training and, you know, the whole legal side of it and everything else. So, yeah, that's kind of, you know, window cleaning is a very small part of it, really. Ultimately, it it's, um, you know, yeah, and there is so many tools and equipment. And the worst thing is that, like, something can be good for one minute. So, like, a, a squeegee that people were raving about last year that was, you know, amazing and, Da, 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 da. and suddenly this year everyone's like oh no shit you have to stick paper clips in the end and yeah. tie a bit of duct tape around it to get it to work or something it's just mental 
there's so many things like constantly that. Constantly developing, I think. And do you know what? It's yeah. one of the I've, I've talked about this before to um, a, a window cleaner who I know. There's no actual trade accounts that you can have that I'm aware of or that he's aware of for window cleaning. So whereas um, where I've renovated properties before, I've signed up in in a business and I can get 10% off at Wix or I can get uh, if you spend a certain amount of B&Q. There doesn't seem to be anything that I'm aware of, unless you can enlighten me, where you can get a trade cleaning products for window cleaning specifically or trade equipment. No, not trade discount. That could, you know. No, was, that's just my stinginess coming out that I want a discount on everything if I've set up a, <laughs> set up a business. But it doesn't. It's all very expensive, and it's constantly being made. You know, be, needing to be replaced or maintained. I think the biggest thing of like equipment and stuff like that is to be to have the ability to shop around because you can seriously look at squeegee on like I don't know a window cleaning warehouse and it's eight pound fifty not sponsored by them we're not paid for this uh no and then you can go to another website and it's four pounds less or the same with like resin that fluctuates and changes everywhere and i say when you start going into like the purifying equipment equipment and everything because it's so closely linked with obviously water purification for like your house in general there's then that whole market as well that create membranes and yeah. you know, everything else so it is just like the biggest thing i can take away with for people with like if you want to try and get good prices is to shop around because everywhere is different on price all the time and if you can what i try and do obviously it's difficult when you first start up is um i go to the window cleaning show every year so this year i think it's about third of october and um there's always good discounts there so there's a lot better. You can at least you're talking sort of ten to twenty five percent, depending on different vendors um, that okay. you can save per item. So I generally sort of try and save a list throughout the year, and then buy it there. Yeah, take it there, and then just have a bit of a day out at the same time. So that's my that's the way I do it, and it seems to be the sort of best way. And then, like I say, shopping about trying to get the best deals. Postage is one that stitches most people up. Weirdly, yeah, postage. true, yeah. So I always try and buy stuff through eBay as well, which I find you get free postage on a lot of window cleaning and equipment. So. Yeah, it helps their rankings if they've got free postage. So yeah, and although it's not a lot, but you know it might be four ninety five postage, but Absolutely. you have to order it. Yeah, yeah, order it once a month. This um yeah, it's suddenly a lot of money by the end of the year. So it does certainly it's better off than in our pockets than theirs. So yeah, I think it is just shop around. Don't be loyal to people. I've never tried to get money off in the sense that. You know, saying to someone, oh, you know, I've seen this poll, I really like it. Are you able to do us a bit of discount if I buy this and this at the same time? Yeah, yeah. I think what a lot of them seem to do is if you buy a poll from us, we'll give you a really generic bang average brush. Yeah. It's yeah. a pretty shit poll hose to go with it. And it's <laughs> like, well, you don't really want that stuff anyway, but that's their that's their obviously their their pitch to make it better. Yeah. Um, is that really rather than money off? Definitely. I know we've um, we've spouted off in a different direction, but just going back to um, Ben, who employed, you said that you had him for three months uh, with you all the time. So was he a window cleaner before uh, no. or did you take him on totally from scratch? No, I took him on totally from, off, from scratch. Um, I tried to 
find anyone with experience. It's quite difficult. Um, obviously, my business model, I want people who, I want to employ people to go around people's houses who are respectful, good, not good looking to the sense of they're well presented, yeah. they're smart, smart yeah. looking for a bonnet yeah. of a better word. Um, not to be stereotypical against people that aren't, but you know, when you do have homes where sometimes access is through the property, you want someone that's clean and well presented to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and to be honest, the people that did have experience around me, I remember I had one lad to come for an interview and he's like, yeah, I work with these guys and this, this and this, and you know, we just turn up to the job and crack on and we don't clean the cloths and they just drive to the next day. And da, 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 and I just, you know, that when you take on someone like that, they're just going to, they've got bad habits and that will probably stick with them. Whereas I'd rather be a little bit more patient in the outset, take someone on, nurture them, develop them and teach them in the way that I want them to be taught in the TN exterior property cleaning way, so to speak. Yeah. And then probably have less headaches further down the road than someone can go, oh yeah, mate, I can do a three bedroom house with a, a ladder and a squeegee in eight minutes. And it's like, well, yeah, but you don't detail the window properly. I get a call back because you've left a smear mark on there because you didn't look again and you missed the door. And it's like, well, there's no point in that because ultimately it costs money to employ people. So you want to make yeah. sure that you do it right from the offset and try and get the best person and we sort of run quite a rigorous recruitment program to try and enable that really that's brilliant and and did you do that advertising on social media did you find an agency to do that and set a criteria oh uh we advertise through social media so we've done a facebook ad with a facebook ad linked to a job um, obviously then run a Facebook job, we've done it through Indeed as well, which then covers a few other um, things. The only place we didn't do it was the job centre, um, because for some reason it was just, it, you had sub camps and they wanted to have a meeting and all sorts, and I was like, I ain't got time for that. Plus our nearest job centre is about 40 minutes away, give or take, so I think I'd have attracted a lot more people from the wrong area. Yeah. The perfect thing Good with point. using like Indeed and Facebook and things like that is you can target the advert to you know a 10 mile radius your postcode which again is another thing you know it's good to employ local people because ultimately they're in, you ain't going to get the oh the bus uh, the bus didn't turn up this morning or any excuse like that so that's kind of my sort of theory behind that really um but yeah and i think we we secured ben through it was a facebook job advert that he applied for in the end and then we went from there really so the first sort of stage um was obviously filling out an application form which is pretty basic um but it was like your name address what work you're doing at the moment if you are doing any what experience you have if any and then just touching the cv and then from that um i sort of go through it and then look at you know, have they actually attached the cv for a start you'd be surprised at how many people don't so if you don't go to the effort of touching the cv no because you can't attach a cv then you can't you know be willing to Put the extra effort in. Um, have they filled out everything correctly? Go from there. So then the next stage would be a phone call, just a quite simple, basic chat. You get an understanding of how the person is when you're talking to someone. And then from there, we'd go out and they just spent a couple of hours with me. I was doing some work in the local area on a sort of one off property. And they just came along and we just had a bit of a chat whilst I was working. They got to see me, I got to meet them in person. 
and it is just quite quite a relaxed thing and you kind of get to understand what they're looking for and what they want and then from there we just arranged for a trial then and he come done a morning with me and then from that he then got offered the position and then he done a, another week's trial paid but he still wasn't employed at this point so we paid for him to do a week with us so he fully understood what the job involved because he said to people oh you know they're, they're, oh yeah that'd be all right it's really nice working outside this was like in the summer and then suddenly it pees it down <laughs> you want to make sure that <laughs> they understand that so yeah. i think trying to give people make sure they're weatherproof <laughs> yeah trying to make sure that they really understand what the job involves and it is quite a physical job um and from there he was still happy with that so then we took him on and uh, he's been with us now for eight months eight months i think um and touch wood all good so far can't really have any major complaints there's obviously small teething problems when you employ people especially that first few months where you do get callbacks to customers because they're not happy which is you know by the by someone is learning how to do something i certainly know when i first started i had to go back and do work from customers because i never knew how to bloody clean a window so yeah. that, it that does leads, happen he's on next question so what did you do i should have probably asked this at the beginning what did you do before window cleaning because what you've just described there in your recruitment process is a really strong thorough recruitment um process that you've got <laughs> were you in recruitment so, before or what did you do no weirdly i spent so i was a chef for 15 years and then i came out of hospitality because it just got too much and i briefly spent like i mean briefly as in two and a half three months working for a recruitment agency but i didn't really take any of that from that at all um but yeah i was a chef for 15 years um working in a local area but it got to the point i sort of i was working like 70 hours a week um my little boy was, was about one and a half at the time and i swear to god he would look at me and he just had this look like he didn't know me and i was just like nah <laughs> like yeah. there's not and then at the same time your boss would ring you complaining about something and it's like yeah noob it's just not it's not worth doing this anymore or i feel, I feel that i feel that because that that's the, the the number one reason i've gone into window cleaning is because my last job was not i wasn't at home and i'm expecting a daughter in two months and i cannot yeah. wait to be a father and i don't want to be uh, exactly what you've just said so that kind of reassures me that i've made yeah the definitely there's literally no point to go out and deal that when i was younger it was like the best probably one of the best jobs you could have you put yourself in a position you're 18 years old you're working in the kitchen with a load of lads so you got that kind of like laddie environment yeah you then got loads of waitresses that are girls so you get to chat to girls all the time and then you finish work you go out the door and then you can have a pint it's like it's perfect but then when you get a family and your priorities change and you know your focus shifts it's then like a bit like a prison to be honest and i was just doing like stupid hours and i lost the passion for it in the sense that like i really loved cooking creating food and doing really interesting and different dishes and without blowing my trumpet i was pretty decent yeah but then that sort of started to change and it started to get a lot about volume and I, I moved jobs to come closer to where we lived and it was then going from like a really sort of high-end restaurant still really really high-end pub it was a new business the business owners basically changed their mind after taking me on as to the direction it was going 
and um, it was just mentally busy. And I just got to the point where I was like so stressed out. I was just like, going to have a breakdown or I had to quit. Um, yeah. And I, I left. Um, On that note, I, I think that, that, that's where I was. It's very similar. And I was, I, I was all my life, I've been pretty pent up. And I find window cleaning does something to me. I don't like cleaning at home, if I'm honest. I do it, but I don't go, oh, I love yeah. it. When, there's something about window cleaning that is really therapeutic and really rewarding and relaxing and it, it's really strange but uh, no definitely yeah. i think it's a thing as well like if, i don't know i get a satisfaction from if you look at anything that's like dirty whether it be a pavement slab a window a plate that's like green obviously window or patio yeah, yeah. and then once you're finished it's amazing it's nice it's clean and then you see that customer's reaction they're like oh my god that's brilliant you're like that's that's the kind of the satisfaction that you're getting really isn't it that's what yeah. you think well actually yeah you know i've made as weird as it sounds cleaning someone's window has made their day to a certain extent yeah yeah definitely um i don't know what it does to me but it's some kind of i mean i've never taken any drugs but it gives me some kind of relaxant especially the traditional gives me some kind of relaxant just I don't know where it's the motion or what it is. Maybe it's that food. Finished product at the end. I don't know, but it's good. It's a good feeling. It is nice. And I think in the, the right time of year, like now, when the weather's nice and like we work, a lot of our work's quite rural. So you go out to like these nice big houses that are like surrounded by fields and stuff. And you're, you know, you're in the middle of the countryside. It's 25 degrees. The sun's out. You're in shorts and t-shirt and you're working and you think this is all right, really. And yeah. you know, yeah. there's, you're not stuck in an office, you're not stuck in a kitchen or a building site or yeah. anything like that. And you think to yourself, you know, this is nice, this is peaceful. And yeah, that's what I've got so many customers as we go around and it is just like really nice and relaxing. Yeah, it's good. It is, it is a very uh, str- uh, different environment than what I'm used to and I, I really like it. Um, again, going back to right at the beginning, um, one of the questions uh, that I've got, you said, that you did all all kinds of different advertising so you did facebook you did um newspapers is there any of them that have been really successful or you've got a great response for compared to something that's just gone gone down the drain that you've wasted a load of money on i mean one of the things i say i wasted money on in the first well not the first at the point where i was pretty full on my own and i was trying to expand still I paid for a company to deliver leaflets for me. Yeah. So it sounds all right because it's quite cheap. So you pay 40 quid. Well, no, they don't me a deal actually. So it's 35 pounds per thousand. So they got me out 4,000 leaflets. That's good. In an area, that's pretty standard across the board. But the problem with that is that they deliver more leaflets at the same time. Yeah. So, so yours kind of gets mixed in with the... with. The, it gets mixed in which is a problem sometimes if they put three or four together and you get you know one a4 one a5 and they're individually put together and then still put through the post box they almost spray when they land that's not so bad but what happened with the first time they done it they had a booklet one and they're basically they just popped everything in a booklet yeah that free so if someone picks up the booklet it's probably farm foods or somewhere like that we all get them and you go sod that chuck it in the bin and and I sort of complained and they gave me didn't charge me at all for it so I got boom didn't pay them so I was like alright perfect and I got a couple of jobs out of it so happy days the next time they done it they put out 
6,000 leaflets for me and I don't think that I knew of that I could track, I got one response from, which is weird. Like normally per thousand leaflets, you're looking at, if you're lucky, one, if you're really lucky, two customers. Yeah. Depending on what work you put out is obviously good for that. So we, if, when we put leaflets out ourselves, we always put out a roof cleaning leaflet and a window cleaning or a general cleaning leaflet, which is predominantly focused on window cleaning and pressure washing. So we sort of hit them from both, both sides with that. And we generally get per thousand, we get two customers off that quite, quite consistently. Um, so, so just, just quickly. So a thousand leaflets, how much do you think you pay? Per thousand leaflets. Well, if we yeah. put them out ourselves. So do you pay a graphic designer? Do you design them yourself? How much is printing? So I paid a graphic designer to do like a one-off leaflet for us, which is about 25 quid. I think they've just literally done the generic designs, yeah. Yeah. which I can then go into and change text and everything like that if I need to. And then per thousand leaflets, I think off the top of my head, it's about 16 pounds yeah. to have them printed and delivered. And that's from a company called Bizay, B-I-Z-A-Y. And I think they come from Spain or somewhere. So at the moment they ain't coming from anywhere. <laughs> but um, yeah, we use this to print in the first instance because they were everyone does yeah basically everyone does and to be fair to vistaprint the the tool to design them is pretty easy to understand yeah they've got it if you've never done it before it is good to start it but now you've got so many different ways of designing stuff and cheap ways it's a lot more simpler now to get a designer to do it for you and you get what you want and then you get the pdf saved and then you just upload that to whatever platform or printing how service much is it, use. how much is it for you to get them to deliver the leaflet so a thousand leaflets uh that was their normal price is 40 pounds and then depending on however many thousands you want delivered they'll then knock Go it down off each it. time so it's roughly 56 pounds per lead through leaflets yeah and then obviously depending on what that job is so yeah i suppose it could easily itself back depending on yeah you know God, if, it's a, if it's a roof clean uh, a minimum price for roof clean starts at 800 pounds then you're laughing a window clean obviously depending on how big the house is and how the frequency you're laughing gutter clear that would be a little bit debatable um but with that being said it's then you know if someone has a gutter clear with us nine times out of ten they ring up for a gutter clear and what they'll have is a gutter clear a gutter and fascia clean and a window clean so yeah. that's gone from a 60 pound job to a 200 pound job yeah but that's that's a selling process so that's kind of how that is but going back to the original yeah. question about like marketing and what things we use facebook for us is a big one um we probably do achieve i'd say roughly 80 percent of our work's done through facebook is that um, paid ads or is that organic probably 10 percent paid 90 organic I'm quite lucky. I've got quite a loyal customer base. So if like you see the whole, you know, can anyone recommend a yeah. window cleaner? I get good, depending on the time of day and the customers, three or four people minimally are recommending my name. Obviously also off that, my admin recommends me off her personal profile. So as soon as that goes on, that's the first person. Brilliant. Then you get your family members. So that could be at least two other people. 
then randomly my mother-in-law's next-door neighbour always recommends me, so that's the third. Then by that point, you're actually then going on to the customers that actually pay you. So, you know, and for the benefit of that, my admin never pays to have her windows cleaned, nor does my mother-in-law, but ultimately I've never charged them anyway because yeah. got to be a bit Do you have, any, do you have any referral schemes or discounts or anything like that? <sighs> no, we looked. I looked at the potential of doing it because... I do quite like the idea of doing a referral thing, but you start to get into a tricky, tricky scenario when you go down the, you know, refer a friend and get, say, you know, in the dream is to refer a friend and get your next clean for free. Yeah. But out of that, you really need their friend to be signing up for a full weekly clean, not be a bad payer, be paying on time, et cetera, et cetera, which never happens. So I looked down the route of maybe doing refer a friend and get, you know, depending on who it is, a bottle of wine or, box of chocolates or something like that but when i've done a little bit of research not many people have had much success off it so it's something i'm looking at trialing this year but i'm 50 50 as to whether it's going to actually achieve much to be honest so it's working out what's the best offer to put towards yeah yeah because yeah. you got to look at time as well there's no point all right it goes brilliantly and you offer all these free window cleans but then like you end up with a week where you got like loads of work on and they're all free cleans or anything. So you, you know, you're only really paying for the other one, but it's maybe looking at it and going, you know, they get a free gutter clean or, you know, sell them on a free gutter clean, but at the same time, sell them a gutter and fascia clean at the same time. So you're sending them free, a free service, but you're still also topping it up at the same time. Um, but then it starts to get into a minefield of really working it out. So, and then they might turn around and go, well, you cleared my gut, it's last year, so they're fine, but I want this done. And you're like, oh, that's actually way more than what I'm willing to give away. So, yeah, yeah it's it's about finding it and getting it right and then sort of going from that. But I think what I'll probably do is once, well, saying that customers are in a lot more now, so start talking to the customers a bit and see what maybe incent- would incentivize them to recommend their friends and family. Yeah, I mean, I've uh, through through personal training, I used to really hammer referrals. You know, bring a friend to my boot camp, or get another friend who's a one-on-one paying client, and I'll give you a half-by session. I've kind of used that for my window cleaning as well. So, mm. if anybody refers a friend, so when I go around and give a quote, I say, by the way, if you get your neighbours in, I'll give you fifty percent off. Your yeah, window clean only. So, like, use if you're charging eight hundred pound for a roof, you're not going to give. 50% off that because again that's a, t- a terrible return on investment for you um i mean out of the 15 people who i quoted yesterday actually um and they all came through facebook them quotes so i just put i'm going to clean in the area on a local village page tomorrow um i had one clean uh, and i got 15 quotes out of that so that, yeah. really, that really helped i um, think it's about being like clever as well with who but obviously it's the same event and people say people on Facebook mess about and da, 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 da. and they do. If you go around and you can tell when people are messes, you get it straight away. If the grass isn't cut properly or, you know, I've done it where I've walked up to jobs and the grass literally hasn't been cut in years. There's a fridge sitting in the front garden and there's cat shit on the path. Why do they want their windows cleaned? There's literally, the only reason must be that someone's come to do a house inspection or yeah. you know, there's, there's a reason why. So with those... I take them with a pinch of salt, depending on how bad it is. If there is like turds everywhere, I'd probably just say, you know, quote, uh, quote over the top. Really? Have it. 
It's probably yeah. going to cost it, a lot more in time anyway, isn't it? And the thing is, if you get it, it's a winner then because you're actually earning really good for what you're earning. And you can tell to the customer, that's fine. On the day that we come to do the clean, you'll get your text messages the day before. If you just make sure that all the paths and pavements are cleared for us, that'd be fantastic. Otherwise, we can't do the work. Clean your windows people understand. <laughs> yeah, people understand that. So I think it's the same with like, there is bad payers and everything like that. And as long as you make yourself aware and don't be under the false pretense that, you know, oh, yeah, they're definitely going to be a good customer then that's fine. But at the same time, I've had you know, customers before where I sort of stereotype them and think, oh, you know, they're, they're only going to have two cleans. They're never going to keep it up. And I had this one couple and every time it should have been £16, I think their windows were. And um, they always paid me 20 quid and never took the change for like, well, I don't know, since how long I've been doing them, about two years. And if you looked at them, you'd go, yeah, they're never going to have their windows done. But at the other side of it, you go to someone's nice big flashy house and they say they need a regular window cleaner and then it never quite carries off that way so it is taking everything with a pinch of salt and trying to sort of not have too much of a predetermined thought about someone but obviously still having your wits about you that if they don't cut the grass and they don't look after the house they're probably not going to continue looking after their windows because that's just kind of like a fact of life really yeah i think clean people keep things clean and well looked after and other people don't. Definitely. I feel like we could talk about, there's so many subjects that we're just yeah. naturally kind of rolling down uh, the road of. Um, going back, if, just, uh, if you were to say, what's your best return on investment for advertising that you've personally got the best responses from, what would it be? Uh, paid Facebook ads. Yeah. So I set up the niche. I do, it's, you got to spend with Facebook. There's no point spending one pound a day there's literally no point so what i generally do is spend i'll do like a four four to five day ad and i'll spend minimum of 10 pound a day and then i'll target that so i then so you can go in and set the parameters on it so i target males and females then change the age bracket to 24 65 plus i think is the the max on that um you can then go into that and also put in like keywords so it will then show up to ads that people that have looked at like gardening and stuff like that which i thought about but you start to go down a massive rabbit hole then because it is quite niche um so i don't put anything in that and then i stick the parameters to about 10 miles from my postcode which sort of just about covers the area that we do for window cleaning yeah, and then the pictures that I put on there uh, just make sure you can get the best before and after pictures you can possibly get. So we've got one which is like small standard, like two pane bathroom window. And when we started it, it was like green as, and when we finished it, it was crisp. Yeah, and yeah. It's them images that will make people a look at it and go, Jesus, look at the state of that window. What's the other picture? <laughs> They've done a really good job of that. Yeah. And the same with like pressure washing or roof clean or anything like that. Before and after pictures, people love. Anyone will look at a before and after picture. Even if you're not actually interested in the product, you'll turn around and go, oh, I want to see what they've done to that one. Oh my God, look how clean that is. You know, so they, then pictures always work the best. And then normally a picture of ourselves or our vans or something like that. So you can then add that human to it. Because I think there's obviously a big thing, especially with more older or vulnerable people, they look yeah, at it and go, true. Oh, I can, I can see, I can see 
Tom or oh, that's Max. That's Max is going to come around and give us a quote later. So when he comes up the path, we can. Oh yeah, that's definitely yeah. yeah. And that is a huge thing. Um, so yeah, with the paid ads, I do that and then run it for sort of four four days. Generally, as a rule, works really well. And sort of the best return we've got for that, we've done a roof one, and um, it was like a half and half again with a guy up on the scaffold tower, and. Um, that one ad cost me about sixty pounds, and I think it brought in about two and a half thousand pounds worth of work. Um, so, yeah, he's getting it right, but that's also probably backing it up with the brand and everything else. So they then look at it, and go, "No, that's good." They go on the Facebook page, and everything's laid out nicely. There's good quality pictures. Spelling is right. You know the amount of websites and stuff you go on, and people's spelling isn't right, and it sounds harsh. But if I was going to get my roof cleaned, and there's an expensive job, I want to make sure that. It's someone that's at least got a little bit of source about them to get a website spell checked. You know, it's quite yeah. a basic thing. Yeah. All right, people cannot necessarily spell, but there's a way of getting that sorted. And, you know, pictures of yourselves and your vans and equipment, and people then look at it and go, okay, so this is, you know, TNX Studio Property Cleaning, or this is, you know, whoever. And then they click on it and go, right, well, we want them to come around and do a quote. Whereas if they click on it and go, Facebook page pops up and there's no image or, yeah. You know, it says close now and the text isn't right and the before and after photos are grainy and it's no description to anything, then they're gonna look at it and go, nah, let's get to the next one. Yeah, it's the same with you're that, saying, same with your website and everything. It sounds like you're saying the Facebook best return on investment for you as long as your branding's right and it looks professional. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I mean our website does well for us as well. Um it's not it's definitely not like a forefront every now and again we'll get maybe two to five leads a month come through our website but the difference with those is they're generally for higher ticket jobs we don't get many window clean quotes come through our website but it's a lot more pressure washing work and stuff like that so that does still have good return on investment as well yeah i think when you're focusing on when you're focusing on the bread and butter Facebook is very good for that because that is what people use to find out information. Yeah, no, it is. And especially through recommendations, like you say, if you're getting four or five recommendations coming through. and Yeah, what another really good tip for anyone. If you say you pick up a customer, so we've got like a community notice board page, so it's called What a Community Notice Board. Someone will put on there, I need a window cleaner, whatever, description. So you go along, quote the work, get the job, do the job, so, Mr. Smith, you know, obviously you're really happy with your work. Could you do me a favour? Could you please go onto Watton Community Notes Board where you found me and just write on there a brief description and a thank you for the service that you've got from us? That'd be really appreciated. We're a small business. We really rely on referrals and expanding our customer base. So then she goes onto there, writes a really good review. Lots of people then see that. But more importantly, when people go onto the Community Notes Board and search for window cleaner, you're going to get recommended by someone there's also going to be other people where they've gone who needs a window or and other people that have asked for window cleaners and then you've been recommended on that as well so again it just really sort of strengthens that brand yeah definitely definitely i think if you've got people recommending you there's no you don't need it you don't need any any leaflet or anything that's going to be as strong as no government's no. recommendation is it that's the thing. And I think the main thing for us when we do, while we still do leaflets, is just purely to increase that awareness. So, you know, you get a leaflet through the door, you see us getting recommended on Facebook, you see 
our vans at the local petrol station. You know, you see us sponsoring random things throughout the towns yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. And, they, and you then just sort of subtly, you're in the back of someone's mind. And the theory then is obviously they then look at work and they go, oh, that's a, that's a tea next to a property cleaner. They do them really good before and after pictures of a patio. And, yeah. oh, yeah, I'm going to get them guys. To, and it does work. And I've had it before where people are like, oh, yeah, we, you know, we were we wanted our patio clean, but not till the summer. So we saw your advert, but we screenshotted it and saved it till now. And yeah. I had a woman message me the other day and she'd, um, I think she got a quote October last year. And she randomly messaged me out of the blue the other day and said, oh, I've, all, I've got the funds now to get the work done. When can we go ahead with it? I looked at the name. I don't even recognise it. I was like, hey. I'd go back in the message and then, and it does work. And that's what seeds everywhere. Yeah. And I think it is just, you know, leaflets are a chore and people say they don't work. But when I have the, you know, I've planned my business to have someone to go out there and deliver them for me, then they do work alongside everything else. Yeah. Yeah. That you've got out there to back it up. Yeah. It's brilliant. And you're talking about your roof cleans. So, have you got a scaffolding tower yourself or do you hire that? And what does a roof clean look like for your business? So, yeah, we've got a scaffold tower. Um, I bought it because the cost of hiring one, the biggest thing I had was you can hire one quite easily from loads of local companies. But say you turn up, you get a 24 hour window with it. And the day you got the clean booked in, you open the windows and it's absolutely battering it down. Yeah. You ain't going to be able to get it cleaned. So then you variables. lose. Yeah, there's too many variables. Um, I brought one that was just over 1200 grand, uh, 1200 pounds, <laughs> yeah. 1200 grand, and um, <clears throat> gold, yeah, it it pays for itself and it also allows us to be slightly more flexible with price with the customer because we own it and we're not factoring that into the price, yeah. So it allows me to be slightly more competitive. Um, but yeah, we offer sort of three ways of doing it really. We can do just a scrape, so we just scrape the moss off the roof clear out the gutters and that's that which is a cost effective option but obviously the moss will grow back eventually and with any roof cleaning you don't remove 100% of the moss you know, the profiles and the tile the blades that we use to scrape there will always be you know little bits in between or wedged underneath in the middle of a roof that you just can't always get to which is why the second option when we then finish it with the bio side which then cleans the roof over a period of time and helps remove the last excess moss that's the yeah. more preferred option and then the third option we do is steam clean and bar side as well which we've only done one up so far because we only recently purchased the machine to do that so that's still a little bit of a learning progress from me i've done the fathers so far and that's it um but yeah I, I quite like doing that work because it's more diverse it's obviously high ticket um you get good results from it and it is there is a market for it it is like niche so we only probably do if we averaged out over the year i think it'll probably be about one a month okay. but a lot of the time i've been quite fortunate recently where i've had loads of bungalows and they've all been them flat tiles so they're really nice and easy to clean yeah. and um you know you can do a whole standard three bed bungalow start to finish in under a day you know, i can imagine easy. bungalows are probably more common when it comes to roof cleaning because they're more of your eye height than a roof yeah yeah definitely um i think the yeah the thing about bugglers they're, they're smaller they're easier they're quicker so it's the same with 
not windows on a bungalow in Oldham at least. Everyone enjoys them slightly more than uh, any larger houses. So yeah, the roof cleaner is still, it's very much a background sort of operation for us, but it's certainly something that we're looking to go further into in the future. Um, hopefully sort of just, by then. Uh, um, hopefully by then facebook would have um been able to pinpoint the demographic whether they live in a, a bungalow or not and you can just plow it yeah. <laughs> bungalows um, yeah, it's that thing when you go around doing a bit of canvassing and then you pull onto there's nothing better than you pull onto an estate and they're all bungalows and they've all got really mossy dirty roofs and you're like oh yes <laughs> i'm gonna remove so much moss yeah. <laughs> um but it is good but it's it's not a a it's not an easy job it's very physical um and it's it's hard to pick up work you know i mean i don't know there's obviously the consensus of what people charge in the facebook groups and everything like that and some in mean, some of the prices i've seen banded around are just mental i mean yeah. i don't know how much yeah. work i know i know they they pick up and i get the whole you know being a busy fool and everything like that but yeah. i mean some people are charging like four grand to do a house and you think i don't know about that yeah but, no i think the pricing that we've got is I'm quite reasonable for bungalows because like you say there's I think there's only so far you can go with what you can charge someone for a day's work so we can get one done for 500 pounds in a day easily that's one person as well doing it so yeah. my labor costs are low so really all I'm talking about is like the maintenance of the equipment the use of the chemical which is you know 30 to 40 pounds and then labor so 100 quid yeah and then off that i'm getting back 400 yeah profit, give or take. obviously there's a little bit more into it than that but off the top of my head you know the return is good but i think to charge someone more than 500 pounds for a day's work especially when you buy a side in so you don't necessarily get the instant results is um you know i'd rather charge someone 500 pounds and get more work than charging 700 pounds for the same job but only doing two in a year not a lot of point but that swings around about people will argue the toss over that as to what <clears throat> what other work they do as well i think definitely and working at heights so you've got your scaffolding um, tower and using chemicals like biocide do you need any additional qualifications or courses or safety certificates or insurance or is it just so, no use in scaffolding you it's recommended to do the training course i've done lots of training on my own property making sure we have extra sort of security safety is one of the sort of most paramount things so the tower one of the reasons why i brought a brand new tower as well as opposed to hiring one yeah. is to make sure that i then personally know that everything is tickety-boo and it's all right saying you know you do get that from a higher company as well but there's also people that sometimes miss things or forget things yeah so, definitely um i've hired loads of um Back of plates and di little diggers and stuff, and they just break as soon as you get that, you know. Yeah, exactly. And that's the last thing you want to be doing at yeah. like roof height. Um, yeah. You can do IPATH courses and stuff. Um, that's more for when you're using um, like spiders and um, I can't think of what they're called now. The sort of access cradles that go over on yeah. the um, booms. Like a nifty. Yes. Like a cherry picker and um a lot of that is just be, it's about common sense really with scaffold towers obviously like making sure everything's dead level one of the handiest things you can have is spirit level randomly just to make sure that everything's um ticked off and then 
um, in terms of the bar side and everything, no. Um, but doing your own research and this, I mean, I watched so many sort of clips, research. I practically sort of invented my own training course practically just to make sure, you know, that I was 100% confident. I then done like five family members' roofs again to make sure, you know, everyone was confident. And because obviously there's nothing worse than getting anything wrong. And then the one of the main things is just making sure that your insurance covers you for height because a lot of them don't. So again, it's just double checking um, that that happens and that's covered as well. No, that's brilliant. And so you spray the bio side on. Do you need to scrape after that, or is that totally? No. So we the Tolo, I'll do a couple of shots here. So he's a guy called Steve Freeman on Facebook as a flexi scraper. So I use his scraper, um, and basically you start at the top of the roof. Scrape all the moss down, scrape it down to the gutter line, vac it all out, make sure the gutters are all nice and clear. And then I'm currently using a Softwash Pro at the moment. So I've used, started off by using Algo Clear, which was all right, um, but I wasn't massively keen on that. Um, and now I use Softwash Pro, which is decent at the moment. You can't get hold of it for love nor money because of everything that's going on. Everyone stops shipping and producing it. And then <clears throat> mix it up. And then spray that onto the roof. We use a DA components nozzle, and then um, literally just hook that through. So we use sack barra with a chemical pump, yeah, basically attached onto it, box all boxed up and everything. And then you just spray your mix through and onto the roof, and then go from there. And then the, the sort of strength of the mix just then depends as follow manufacturer's guidelines on the type of roof, the conditions, the you know, time of year. There's so many variants. Um, so that's what generally then varies on that really. Just see, even when I spoke to the the, the uh, health the health and safety consultant on the last episode of the podcast, everything just seems a bit like you've got to use your common sense, and uh, as, as long as you do that, then you should be okay. But I think things that we think are basic common sense, other people obviously aren't. That's why certain accidents. Happen. Yeah, I think it's the same thing, and it is just being like. One of the main things of anything I say is you want to do like a risk assessment on every job. And I say risk assessment loosely in the terms of like window cleaning. You're obviously walking around, you're looking at the garden. If there's a pond in the garden in the way of a window, you look at it and go, all right, I'm going to have to you know, change the angle of the ladder or yeah. I'm going to have to extend the pole out and go over the pond. Well, that in a sense is a risk assessment. Theoretically, in your head, you're looking at it and going, that's a risk, right? This is what I'll do to rectify it. When you do bigger jobs with like pressure washing and things like that, or roof cleaning, you do the same, but you step it up a gear. I had a job where we'd done some patios, but they were on, so the runoff to the patio was into a pond, which was like a national heritage site. So we adopted where we'd use chemical to clean it first. We used a safer chemical and then used heat. To clean with so we've got the same results that we'd always achieve yeah but instead of using like sodium hypochlorite or something like that we just changed it slightly it made it more work for ourselves because it took longer but we charged the customer accordingly and it was perfect and i think that's sort of the main thing and then again with roofs you know one of the main things i'm looking at is access for where to put the scaffold tower so you know in an ideal world they've got a patio in the back garden and a brick weave drive you're laughing then you know everything is in theory quite flat or very close to and it's solid so when you're standing up there you know that 
your grounding is good. When you then start stepping into gravel and things like that, that's when it starts to get a little bit more tricky. Yeah. And then you may have to look down the lines of using a boom or anything like that. So far, I've not come across that. Or if I have, I've then consulted in the right way to yeah. overcome that. I think what a lot of people do is look at the job and say, oh, yeah, I could, I could do this or no, I, I, I really need the money, which is the worst one. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, I'll get that done for you, mate. No worries. And then it goes wrong. And that's like where you've got to draw the line and go. And there's nothing wrong with turning around and saying, I'm so sorry, madam. This isn't, you know, our business isn't geared up to do this. This is why. But what I can do for you is either refer you to someone you know. There's plenty of people about who can who do more awkward jobs or can have the equipment to do it that way or find a way of doing it that is safe and correct, whether that be getting scaffolding put up on a house or hiring a piece of machinery that enables you to do the job correctly. And safely, yeah. Yeah, I think that's the worst thing. People make the mistake of just trying to do the job to get the money and then ultimately they don't get the money and they get a bad reputation because they pulls it up. Definitely, definitely. Tom, it's nine o'clock, ten past nine on a uh, Sunday, <laughs> and I feel like we're only scratching the surface at yeah. the moment. So, what I'm what I'm suggesting is we maybe hook up on another mandate next Sunday or during the week, and we continue cover some other topics. I mean, I, good to me. I mean, I sent you ten questions that I had, and I've not asked. I think I, I was going to even ask that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I asked one, which would tell me a bit about yourself, and then. Uh, yeah just kind of spiraled but it'd be brilliant to either catch up here midweek or at the end of the week i'm sure myself definitely i've got a lot of value from speaking to you and i'm sure um, the listeners uh, will as well um before we wrap it up do you want to just tell um the listeners where they can follow you or connect with you or um what your company is called so if, if there is people out there who want to hire you um yeah definitely so the um the, the business name is TN Exterior Property Cleaning. Search that on Facebook and you'll find us. One thing I would ask though is if you are a window cleaner or a cleaner, follow my personal page, which is Tom Navarro. And that's N-A-V-A-R-R-O. Purely because I try and keep my business page for my business. So the likes and everything like that, it gives me an accurate read of that. So yeah. happy for people to follow me on my personal page, which is Tom Navarro. Uh, I'm on Instagram as TN Exterior Property Cleaning. I'm on Twitter as TN Exterior property cleaning i'm on linkedin as tom navarro linkedin's quite a good one at the moment because i'm trying to exploit the commercial market using linkedin so i'm always i've got a guest i've got a guest on wednesday who's a linkedin expert nice well i'll have to keep so, um, yeah i'll uh i'll uh send you the link to that and um if there's any question have you got any questions that you want to know about linkedin that i could pose off the top of my head no because i'm literally scratching the surface scratching <laughs> yeah. the surface at the moment so it's something I've always had for such a long time, but I've never actually um, really looked nice. into that much, to be honest. So I'm now just sort of slowly, because now there's a lot more people at home. It's a lot more easier to get hold of people. So yeah. I think in terms of trying to increase our commercial profile, that's certainly something I want to be looking at doing. And what, sorry, what was your LinkedIn follow? Is it is it, it your name? Tom, Tom Navarro. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So search my name on there and it'll be on there. Brilliant. All right, Tom, it's been excellent. Um, I'm going to get you to commit now while we're live. Can we do another podcast? Yeah, um, 100%. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, brilliant. definitely. It's been excellent talking to you, Tom, and um, I'll speak to you soon. Perfect. Take care, Max.